0: Hey everyone, what's going on? It is Antonio from across the hall. And Sebastian. And tonight, we'll be discussing episode 2 of season 8 of Game of Thrones, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. if you haven't seen it, spoilers. Yes, absolute spoilers alert. We don't uh, recover everything. We watch the show at 9 o'clock Eastern on HBO, and after that, it's fair game for everybody. Yep. (laughs) Uh, That being said, this is the last episode before the very anticipated battle of winterfell this is actually gonna be a very heartfelt weekend because uh we've got battle of winterfell on sunday and avengers endgame on friday so a lot of hearts breaking invest into tissue and just just to throw out the feeling that i feel from this
1: episode they made you love everybody and they're like oh we're gonna remind you who we are with this next episode (laughs) just rip your heart out
0: yeah seriously it's gonna be game of thrones of old we're going to be ripping people apart. We're going to be bringing our, some of our favorite characters are going to be meeting their end. And if uh, Game of Thrones sticks to its true pattern of making us love these characters in a more sentimental value, and then taking them away, uh, I see that a lot happening for some of our for some of these folks that we saw this uh, past episode. But um, quick overview or quick really thoughts on it, I. This felt like the season opener that we should have had. This was definitely a much stronger episode than the first episode. We know that the first episodes tend to be a way to set the game, set the bar, but I while there was no conflict, there was no battles, no blood, no gore, we just had such a pers- personal level episode with all these characters that we've grown to love over the past, you know, nine, ten years. And that I thought this is like one of their best character-driven episodes.
1: Well, I mean, episode one for me was more of introductions because episode one, you have characters who haven't met before who are finally meeting for the first time, such as Sansa and um, Danny. Um, but in this episode, it just really hammered down more of what that they have in common, which is with John, and then. Um, just their different beliefs and everything. Like Sansa has gone through her own journey, Danny has gone through her own journey, which we'll get more into that. But that, I don't know, that's, you got to see more of their interaction in this episode.
0: Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. We You wipe, you get away with the pleasantries, you get right down into the, the down and dirty of it all. And trying to understand the threat that's happening because after John meets up with Tormund, you know, you realize that the. Night King is, you know, will be there before the sun is up. And I don't know about you, Sebastian, but I'm watching this episode and I had a very huge feeling that this is reminding me of Helm's Deep of Lord of the Rings 2 with, you know, the battle happening at night, everyone going into the underground caves. I know that they talked about the Battle of Winterfell is a, a big... A lot of what they did for Helm's Deep is and play there. This is actually going to be the longest battle sequence on film beating out Helms Deep, so it's just I think it's really cool with the notes. They also I was reading online, they compared the scene of when Pod was singing to a time when uh in that same movie, I think Mary Pippin, he was also singing before the battle began. So, there's a lot of just like nods to Lord of the Rings that I was like getting at when I was watching this.
1: Well, I mean, uh, as far as it goes, uh, it does get you that Lord of the Rings feeling, but I feel that they did their spin on it, mm-hmm. which is very Game of Thrones ish. And then the fact that it's Pod that's singing it. I think it was you who put it um, put it like this. Was that yeah? It would be it would be Pod. It'll be fucking Pod
0: singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pod would have, have many have an amazing voice and also the only man to sleep with prostitutes for free
1: <laughs> it just seems very Patrick Payne of him he, he he is a man of many trades of many secrets and many stuff um pod um hashtag pod live <laughs> but yeah I mean I, for me this episode Tormund just became a meme that's it and I just saw one today a meme of no good story ever started off with milk and then Show a picture of Tormund talking about the, the fact of the giant milk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fucking
1: Tormund. Yeah, no, he was...
0: You know, last week we had... I've always had blue eyes, and now we've just had... Oh my God, We had the everything. Giant's
1: milk. Um, <laughs> I'm just coming out scaring um John. Yep. He's like, ah, oh, you missed me. <laughs> yep. It's like...
0: It, it, it could go on and on. This his, guy's a his, walking meme. His fuck tradition. <laughs> <laughs> I would have knighted you ten times over. There's so much... There's so much that Tormund does that's just like makes you laugh, and you're gonna see them in people's uh, in people's chats when they throw something to for acknowledgement. I like the fact that it was Jaime Lannister that night at Brienne.
1: It was like a full circle. Like obviously, there's feelings between them that goes unspoken, but there is a full level of respect that came back tenfold right around with these two.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, their arc in the beginning when Catelyn had. Brianne take him on this journey, and you finally uh see him talk about what had happened when he killed King Ares. I, I you know, I read the books and you know, I've read them after this after season one, and I remember that scene when they are at Harrenhal Hall and they're in the bath, and Jamie is giving his talk about what had happened and his internal conflicts of the oaths he was taken. And I was just I'm reading, I was like, man, you know, Jamie was an asshole. And then jamie's awesome and so i was really excited to when i saw that on screen it was a really awesome he 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 knocked it out of the park and then just as sebastian said this is totally full circle they have a mutual respect for each other and you know two seasons ago when jamie took the took river on and knew that brienne was going to be there and he knew like they were like Making sure that they didn't fight each other and making sure he wasn't going to, you know, make sure she's in not attacked by Lannister forces. But they gave each other that nod when she's going down the river. There's just such a mutual respect between the two. And this is such a moment for Brienne because she's been wanting to be respected and acknowledged of the incredible knight that she is because she's a true paragon of knighthood. She's not tainted by the sins of all the normal knights that we see in Westeros. There aren't any good knights because you have such conflicting things that happened in your oaths that Jamie talks about, where Brienne is consistently always trying to be a good person. You know, allegiance-wise, yeah, she was with she was with Renly and then she was with the Starks and stuff, but always she was always a good person at her core, and just seeing her acknowledged as a as a true knight of the seven kingdoms was a really awesome moment. As a fan, as a fan of the show, as a fan of Gwendolyn Christie, who owns this fucking role, aka <laughs> Captain Phasma, right? It's just, it's really good. Um, I will say though, I'm part of a death, I'm part of a Death Pool, and unfortunately, I have, I have Brienne going down in next week's episode. So oh, we'll see how that down, goes down, down the first or the second round. <laughs> I have got her going down, and then coming back as a white. I don't know. We'll see how it happens. I mean, it, it, yeah, we have this whole Death Pool
1: um, going around, and it's the hit list. I mean, for me, my hit list, I would have to say, is characters who've actually fulfilled... They've already fulfilled their role. And one of those guys is who uh, is Arya's bitch. That's what we'll call him. Um, Gendry. Gendry? <laughs> actually, it was nice to see Gendry that Barathian? for a second. Gendry, I feel Gendry has fulfilled his role. Obviously, he disappeared for many, many, many seasons. Came back last season. He was rowing. Um, he was rowing. <laughs> yes, rowing. But, um... The fact that he built the weapons, because that's what he trained to do, was to be a blacksmith. He was a blacksmith apprentice. Full circle coming back, um, him and Arya, then they hooked up. Which um again, I feel Genji is going to be one of those characters that's going to die. There's really nothing saving him in the Baratheon um house.
0: The Baratheon house is going to die with him. It's a bold move, Cotton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would, you know, so it's weird. I think I have, in my pool, I have Gendry living, um, but I do have Arya going. I don't know if Arya's going in this episode or further down the season. I do think one of the main Starks is going, If you know, if you don't count Jon Snow. Um, so definitely, I think she's going to make moves and do her thing in this episode, but we'll see because I'm... She might get a
1: bit over her head. That's what it is. I
0: feel like... Overly confident about that yeah. she doesn't know what she's dealing with. I mean, almost no one knows what they're dealing with except for the six that came back.
1: Exactly. I mean, it was just that cockiness in her when she was like, I've seen Death. I know Death. I've seen its many faces. No, you haven't seen this. Yeah. You have not seen the Night King. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I know people were like examining the trailers and that one trailer when Arya's running through the halls of Winterfell, just freaking out, scared out of her mind. So I'm def- we're definitely going to see that. Maybe the next that's after she sees Gendry die. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, or she sees a bunch of people die. I know there's like there's so many theories about what's gonna happen next week. You know, there, one of the other ones that's saying you've got all the women and children going into the crypts, but you know the crypts of the the, the crypts of, of Winterfell are filled with bones and. People are saying, you know, the, the night Kings and are, king can't resurrect
1: people who've already been dead for many years. Because, like, if you look at it, people who he resurrected are people who he just who were just killed. So that's just a theory. I, I don't think that's going to play too much, but I feel like there is something that's going to happen in the crypt. Um, another thing for me on the Deathpool, I'm sorry, I have to say, Theon. Theon. Theon
0: totally going. Theon. Oh Yo, yeah. He's totally. That's, going, that's bye his bye arc. Bye. That's his entire <laughs> arc. It makes. I mean, he said it himself. I took this castle from you, and how can to protect you? A.K. I'm going to die. You know, yeah, no, 110%, Beyond's going to die. Bion no, is on everybody's <laughs> top, that's it. Yeah, no, his, the only way he can redeem himself is through giving his life for everyone, for the people around him, because of what he did in season two. No, not one of his fault, is Grey Worm. Grey Worm's totally going to. Oh, man. Yeah. Grey Worm. They they did the whole let's leave and live in a different let's go back home to North. i like, he, he he did the 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 rule. What like have you ever seen a war movie? They
1: always have that. The guy's like yeah, I'm gonna go leave. we we're gonna I'm gonna be with my girlfriend. We're gonna be very 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 close. We're gonna retire, have a home. Boom! He's the guy that blows up in the what the trench.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I think he'll go out in a blaze of glory. I mean, when in what was it season five when when Barriston was killed and they fought each other you know i remember watching that episode i thought when Barristan Selm was getting attacked by the harpies and and, and uh, gray worm's there you know i'm like there like thinking oh man who's going to die in this up in this scene cuz they're both fighting to the end so i totally think if when gray worm does go it'll probably you know he's probably gonna oh, take, out take out a couple yeah he's going to take out a couple whites man he's he's taking out a couple of those walkers you know i feel i think jora might die I feel Jorah's going to die to protect the the Mormon
1: household name because he's gonna probably find Lady Mormon. Mm. And because like, his whole thing was like at the at <clears> that <throat> final arc of his epi- of that episode, you know, you have to protect your the last one of our bloodline. Yeah. And, you know, you gotta stay behind here. No, I'm gonna go fight with my warriors. I feel like it's gonna come to him protecting her. Um, since that's, you know, to protect his house. Another one for me, um, I don't want him to go, but um this dude, what's his face? Um Oh Davos. Yeah, there we go. Davos. Oh. I cannot remember anybody's <laughs> name right now. Jeez. Jesus Christ. It's just so many people. Davos, I, I I don't wanna see him go, but I feel he's on people's list right now too. I mean he survived two big battles. And they,
0: loved to, they kept homing that home. Yeah, and Forget it's like
1: home. it's like they're hinting, and I think they're throwing stuff out there. Like They want you to feel like this person's going to die, this person's going to die, this person's going to die. I feel like they're going to flip the script on some stuff, and they're just doing this to keep you guessing. But yeah. I feel, yeah, Davos might be meeting his end. You think Tormund's going to meet his end? Tormund... Tormund is one of those guys he either will go out in a blaze of glory or he's going to survive another day just so that they can keep making memes of him. <laughs> Hashtag Tormund lives. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Leave him alone. So between him I think Beric might die. Beric and Darren.
1: Yeah. He's you know, definitely I, th-
0: I think. I think he might go because there's no way of him coming back and him coming back to life because Thor Samir died in the last season. I feel like the Hound's going to go. No, not yet. He's got to fight his brother. Oh, that's right. They we got Clegane Bowl. We can't. We can't we can't this guy it needs to there's that needs too much oh, so hype
1: like I said people who
0: have already fulfilled their roles are <laughs> definitely going to die in the next episode yeah, no the hound cannot die until he fights the mountain and we have click game bowl yeah
1: yeah it's gonna happen oh man but um I mean that's the death I mean let us know what you got on your death pool of this episode if you hear this episode before it comes out the show um I don't know it's gonna be pretty dope but it was interesting, full circle, when you have Bran and Jamie talk under the tree. And the fact that Bran was like, How do you know there's going to be a tomorrow? Yeah. That became kind of like the quote of the episode. And you saw Jamie's face just changed. And I feel like he's probably one of those guys that might meet his
0: end. But I feel like, full circle, he still has unfinished business with yeah. Cersei. Yes. I have my theory with him is that. Because, you know, after the Battle of Winterfell... The Battle of Winterfell is an 80-minute episode, by the way. It's like a Disney movie. It's great. I <laughs> can't wait. Um, and then, actually, actually, the next four episodes are within, 80, are within the 80-minute realm. So, those last three, after the Battle of Winterfell, are probably going to be a follow-up, you know, going... You know, time-traveling or warp-speeding or instant-transmissioning to King's Landing to fight the Golden Company or whatever. Um for Cersei to come down. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to have the same... Jamie's going to have the same thing where he killed King Aerys, where Cersei's going to want to blow up all of King's Landing because you have all that wildfire under everything. And Jamie's going to have to make the conscious decision to kill Cersei. So that's what I think his unfinished I mean, business is. I think is. he already
1: knows that. Deep down inside, it goes back to when she already used the wildfire. Yeah. And he's already seen... like. The only thing that's been keeping him, is, and it's funny because um, his brother Tyrion, he makes that statement in this episode. It was like, oh, she lied to us all. But he was like, you always know what she was. Yeah. So it's like he already knew that. And it's like deep down in his heart, he, it's killing him inside. It's like this is the woman he loves. This is his family. This is his sister. And that's probably one of the reasons why he left the kingdom. One was that his word is everything because he is a just man. He's kind of changed since that season one and two. If I stay here, she's either going to kill me
0: or I'm going to kill her. And little does he know that Bronn is on his way with the crossbow that killed Tywin. Although I think that's going to backfire and Braun isn't going to kill him.
1: Yeah, I don't know <clears throat> if Bronn's going to kill him um, or do it or something's going to happen where it's going to mishap and probably piss off Jamie. It may end up killing Tyrion, maybe, and that would set Jamie off. Mm. cuz it's like turns the only last member of his family that he can really trust. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. There's a lot there's a lot going on. I mean, it's it's there's so much speculation with this episode, so much stuff and it's but it was just really interesting to see cuz like uh, it's like the qual- it's like the calm before the storm. Yeah. No, it was
0: great quality human moments that we never really got in the show. Yeah, you don't you don't or you or when you get them in the show, the it feels like the ep, the episode was so built around them because we uh, you know, narratively, we know neck we know what the next episode's going to be and they the characters know that this is the last night they have. So, they really focused in on those human moments between these characters building up the tension like what are they going to do what's the thought process of what are they going to do in their last night are they going to drink are they going to you know eat together or you know sleep together or whatever you know like these are all things that you're reading online and the content the creators of the show are talking about but there's just it was really nice just to to see that in the 60 minutes that we had because you know there isn't really much you can do with the show at this point you know it's pretty much king's landing winterfell and how you're going to you know Fighting the Night King, defeating the Night King, and then who, what's going to happen with the Seven Kingdoms. So it's just, you know, it's really, I, I thought was, this was one of their best, better episodes. Yeah, it was. And
1: it's the fact that this is that, and I think Tyrion said it himself, like, you know, each one of them have survived great wars that have started. Um, each one of them have either fought the Starks, now they're defending Winterfell. It's just that they're all there. Technically, everybody in that episode at one point was each other's enemy, yeah, but they're all there in this human moment and it's like, you know, they have one common enemy and it's like, hey, this could be our last night. Let's just hang out, fuck it, let's enjoy it and let's not fight about and bicker off the small stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: how did you feel about the
0: whole Jon Snow reveal to Danny? Oh, Well, I mean, so it was really funny. So you're wa- I'm watching the sh- you're watching the episode and you see Jon Snow's like reactions to Danny, and he's just com- he's you-, you can totally see that he's completely ignoring her. So like when they were in the Great Hall, after you know deciding what Jamie's fate was going to be, and they all got up to leave, like John Snow just gets up and walks right past Danny, like not making eye contact with his aunt. It Every- was hey, hey, ghosted <laughs> for them to talk, and like I kind of like how he truth bombs her, saying, "Yeah, this is Lyanna Stark, and you know they weren't, you know your brother didn't rape her. They were in love, and they had a child." and uh, you know she gave, she died in her a deathbed and she had to tell her brother to make a promise to take care of this child and claim him to be his bastard or Robert would kill him and, and that's me and my name is Akon Targaryen so uh, it was done in such a Jon Snow way. it really was because it took it took the pressure off Jon Snow to deal with this nonsense and then Danny went on the offensive like okay so who told you this shit <laughs> oh your brother and your best friend okay I totally don't believe you <laughs> But it, I mean we're
1: gonna get into Danny in a second, but it was just it's just funny because like the meme came out um of Jon Snow like, Oh, I just shrugged the title off me, all of a sudden I get another title. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like John keeps he's like, Stop this shit, why do I have to be this he's like he went from just being this bastard, he went to being um was it Lord, Lord of the Night's Watch. Yep. Lord Commander. To then killed. Yeah, to then killed and it's it's he's like the leader of the wildlings all of a sudden, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but Danny was really interesting because a lot of people have theories that she's the actual villain of the show, um, that she may become the Night Queen because they're going about um, something that happened, I think, in season two or something in a dream that she had about the Ice Throne. Oh, the the uh, vision in the House of the Undying. So it's like there are two conflicts I feel that Danny is going through um the first conflict you see her with sansa when they have that conversation they're finally having a heart to heart conversation and obviously in that conversation she admitted her love for for john yeah and there was only one other person she loved which was kyle drago but then when it came to question about her power that was a different thing like you saw that whole conversations changed so now when she meets John in the crypt and he does the whole truth bomb, like before the whole truth bomb, you see how she's all lovey-snuggy with him. Then he does his truth bomb, and then all of a sudden you kind of see her personality change a little bit. But It's like, you know, that will put you claim to the Iron Throne.
0: Yeah, she's like really she's,
1: defensive. Yeah, it's like that's the only thing she's known. So it's like, that's the question we have to ask this season. Like, what is Danny going to choose? Is she going to choose John or is she going to choose the Iron Throne? It's going to be really interesting to see how that dynamic plays out with her character,
0: yeah no it, it totally does. It seems like she can't get past this she can't get past this you know eternal want that she's had since season one of getting the Iron Throne, and like anything that gets in her way, you know she really doesn't have mercy when it comes to this type of stuff you know when when, when like you said when they were talking when her and Sansa were talking the minute Sansa was like. Uh, well, what about the north we lost the north we took it back we're not gonna bat anyone she real quick took her hand off of Sansa's hands she was not playing any of those games and then you know I'm sure nonsense would have happened but then Theon came back and the same thing with you know in the crypt it's just like she can't see past it she didn't give you know obviously John didn't have a chance to say that he doesn't want this responsibility he doesn't he never wanted it it's not his Desire to be king. He doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't identify himself as a Targaryen. He identifies himself as the son of Ned Stark.
1: He didn't want to be the king of the North. Yeah, he didn't he want to give that up quick.
0: Yeah, um, it's going to be pretty interesting.
1: I wonder how that's going to play in the dynamic of their relationship now. Yeah, and the fact that that news is out there, and it's only really four people now, if you count including John.
0: Yeah, that know about this. Yeah, we'll see. It's definitely going to be a different dynamic once the Battle of Winterfell. And- Whatever happens with the Night King is is settled. There's so many things that the Night King can do. I know we're going right back to this, but it's like the dude has a dragon, he ice can, dragon. He has an ice dragon. He could clearly fly in and bombard Winterfell because Winterfell's open. He could throw javelins like he was in the Olympics. Yeah, seriously. You know, he should make the Olympic team. It was. will it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I'm so excited for this episode. I'm excited for this weekend. Just in general to find out what's going to happen in two things that I truly care about. So, uh, I mean, this is this is
1: probably next episode is probably going to be the last time we see a lot of characters that we really liked mm-hmm. and grown with. You Definitely. Know? Um, again, in the
0: comments below, let us know who you think is dying. Yeah. Any questions or thoughts or uh, things we may have missed? Let us know. I'm always down to talk Thrones. I know we'll be doing our follow up episodes um, after each episode and then uh, we'll be doing one big episode, a mashup, if you will, of the entire series, uh, which will be a, a I'm sure a long conversation. Oh, oh, man. We may even break that up into a couple of may episodes. have to break it up, you know, but uh, it'll be a good time. But we're really excited. Um, I hope you enjoy what we've been bringing to y'all. We really enjoy and love doing this. You know, subscribe, keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter—well, Twitter, well, Twitter soon—Facebook, all that jazz, and uh, and share it, share it with your friends. Totally, yep. This is uh, Tony from across the
1: hall and Sebastian, and we'll catch up with you guys next time, man. Stay nerdy.